0: I'm going to go ahead and read our scripture for us for today. It comes from John chapter 20, uh, verses 19 through 31. You're welcome to open in a Bible, or you can follow along behind me on the screen. And uh, this comes right after what we looked at last week. And so this is the the verses right after what we looked at last week. So if you're here for Easter, then, then you heard that story Of Mary going to the tomb, finding an empty, going back to tell some of the disciples, them running to the tomb and finding that Jesus was not there. And so the story progresses in the Gospel of John. So on the evening of that first day of the week, we're still on Easter uh, Sunday, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So we're going to continue to talk about Jesus. Uh, As you know, we are spending the entire year with Jesus, um, and we're following the lectionary text from the Gospels for the whole year. And so I'm really excited that we're going to get to spend some time uh, with Jesus throughout the year reading these stories from the Gospel. You know, the story about Jesus is, I've said this before many times, but it's really the most important story we could ever tell. It is the most important and life-changing and world-altering story that we could never tell. It is a story that we need to tell over and over and over again. And not because it's a great story, which it is. You know, it is a great story, and it's about things that happened a long time ago. But the reality is that we as Christians believe this story still has power right now. That this story is our story And it can bring new life even today in places of death. It can bring joy into places of sorrow. It can inspire us and empower us to keep going when life just seems like too much. The story of Jesus was originally told like 2,000 years ago. It was originally told to people who were struggling just like us. They were struggling with fear and anxiety and stress and uneasiness and discomfort and discouragement and financial hardship and a lot of pain. And the story of Jesus inspired them. It filled them up and it gave them strength to keep going, that courage to keep going in spite of all of it. You know, something that has always just surprised me and continues to shock me is how Jesus' followers went from being so scared and sad and discouraged to being these like confident and courageous and joyful people. In our text for today, we see them at their lowest point. They were scared to death, hiding behind a locked door in the dark. Yet, when we fast forward to Acts just a few days later, the followers of Jesus are getting arrested and beaten and killed and ridiculed and shunned, and they endure it all, and they keep spreading the good news anyway. They keep sowing the seeds of the kingdom in spite of all of the adversity and challenges, and I'm just shocked by their transformation. So let's hear this story this morning, the story of Jesus that transformed scared and sad people into confident and courageous people. This was their story, but this is also our story too. So last week, we talked about Mary Magdalene and her encounter with the risen Lord in the garden by the empty tomb. He spoke her name, Jesus said Mary, and her life was changed in that moment. He then told her to go back and tell the disciples this really important news. Go tell these men all the things that she had seen. She had seen it first. You realize Mary, this woman, preached the first resurrection sermon. She shared her story with the disciples about meeting the risen Lord. And guess what? The men didn't believe her story. The testimony of a woman wasn't believed. The story is our story too and still very relevant today. The disciples and likely some other followers were in a house somewhere in Jerusalem hiding out behind a locked door. The gospel writer makes sure that we know that detail and I think it's interesting that that detail is mentioned not once but twice in this story that the door was locked and it tells us that it was locked because of fear. And they were afraid, not of Jewish people, but they were afraid of the Jewish authorities and some of the oppressive tactics that were used in the, the way that some of these folks were involved in Jesus' execution. So why were they afraid? Well, there were so many reasons that they likely had to be afraid. Perhaps they wondered if the authorities uh, would come after them. You know, the leader of their movement uh, had just been executed by crucifixion. And maybe they wondered um, if they were now going to come and seek out Jesus' followers. I'm sure this was happening. Did they know who they were? Did they see any of them at the crucifixion? Were they on some kind of list? Did Judas rat them out? Did the government have their name and their address? They had reason to be afraid. Perhaps they were afraid that what Jesus promised them would never actually happen. That the kingdom that he proclaimed would never actually come. Perhaps they thought that they had been fooled. Maybe they had financial concerns. You know, they took great risk to follow Jesus. And now things were very uncertain for them. They were also grieving. I mean, they were mourning. We, We miss this sometimes, but this was like one of their best friends. This was like the best friend they've probably ever had. He was their mentor, and he had just died by a brutal, brutal way. They were also, I'm sure, traumatized deeply by this experience. Some of them had witnessed the most brutal form of execution imaginable. I remember watching a few years ago that movie, Just Mercy, and there's a scene in that movie where um, one of the, the men on death row is executed on the electric chair. And just watching a dramatic portrayal of it in a movie was a very difficult experience to watch that. Now imagine what these disciples would have felt as they watched their Lord, their Savior, their friend, executed in such an awful way. They basically watched a lynching, and it was their most loved teacher who was killed on the tree. A crucifixion was meant to instill fear in the hearts of the citizens. Don't mess with Rome. They had reason to be afraid. So it's no surprise that they were locked up in a room, hiding out in the dark, stressed and scared and freaked out. Of course they were. I think we would all feel the same right in that moment. But even though those doors were locked to that room, Jesus found a way in. Now I think this is a beautiful and profound and powerful detail to this story. That even though the doors were locked, Jesus got in. He entered the room, likely scaring them half to death. Another Gospel says that they thought it was a ghost that had appeared before them. And then Jesus says these familiar words that He had just said a few days before to them. He said, peace be with you. And to assure them that He wasn't a ghost, He showed them His wounds. They touched His body. And John tells us that they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Their sadness and pain turned to joy. And then Jesus said it again. He said, peace be with you. And then He breathed new life on them. Empowered them with His Spirit and commissioned them to unlock the door and go out and share His life with the dying world. And then He left. Now Thomas eventually shows up. And we don't know where Thomas was during this time, but Thomas wasn't there. And so he missed out. The disciples told Thomas what had happened. um, And not surprisingly, Thomas didn't believe what they said. And we shouldn't be hard on Thomas. Thomas gets a bad kind of rap in scripture. But Thomas... I mean, why would he believe it? The disciples didn't believe the story that the women came and told them. The women didn't believe it until they saw Jesus with their own eyes and heard him speak their name. Thomas needed to see Jesus also. So about a week went by, and they were back in that house again. The doors were locked again, and Jesus entered the house one more time. Thomas needed to see Jesus, and Jesus showed up for Thomas. I mean, what a great, powerful moment of compassion and care that Jesus showed Thomas. Thomas was left out of this experience, and Jesus wanted to make sure that the one who was left out was included. Thomas needed something from Jesus so he could have that faith. And so Jesus gave Thomas exactly what he needed. He didn't rebuke him, he didn't shame him, but he showed up for him in his moment of need. And Jesus said it again, three times now, peace be with you. And he told Thomas to touch his wounds. And then he, and then Thomas believed and he, Thomas really gives probably the greatest affirmation of faith we have in the whole gospel of John. He says, my Lord and my God, my Lord, we could argue acknowledges the humanity of Jesus as the teacher and leader and my God affirming the divinity, this deep and profound connection to God in heaven. Then Jesus essentially tells Thomas to go out and share with others so that they could also believe. I like to imagine that Thomas's testimony was probably really powerful back then. Imagine what Thomas would be able to share. I didn't believe it at first, y'all. I struggled for about a week thinking that my friends were hallucinating. They, they kind of ostracized me because I didn't believe and I was giving them a hard time It even affected our friendship. But then I too saw the risen Lord. I touched Him. I'm telling you, it was Jesus. I was scared to death, hiding behind a locked door, and now I'm no longer allowing fear to hold me back. And then the Gospel writer shares these words in John. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written, this is the purpose of the whole Gospel of John. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. This story has been written and then told over and over and over again so that people might believe that Jesus is the one that we've been waiting for and that Jesus is the one who can give us life. This story gives life to the dead. This story can speak to us now and empower us, especially in these challenging times we're living in today. Times like these is when the gospel is especially powerful. The gospel really is good news for those with their backs against the wall, as Howard Thurman said. Christianity isn't, it never started as a religion for the powerful or for the elite. It's not meant to be a religion of the slaveholder or the oppressor. It's a movement of the spirit that empowers struggling and broken people to have courage and confidence in the face of incredible challenge, even when the odds are stacked against them. I'll say that again, it is a movement of the spirit that empowers struggling and broken people to have courage and confidence in the face of incredible challenge, even when the odds are stacked against them. I wonder where you find yourself in this story. I just invite you to close your eyes for just a moment. You know, for some of us, we may feel like we're locked up. That we're locked up in a place of loneliness and isolation and grief, much like those disciples. Perhaps you want to imagine and yourself in that room with them in that moment, afraid, hiding out in the dark, feeling lonely, feeling discouraged. I want you to imagine Jesus entering that room, your place of loneliness, your place of discouragement, your place of grief. And imagine Jesus speaking a blessing over you. Peace be with you. Imagine him reaching out and touching you in a loving and gentle and healthy way, communicating care and concern. Imagine Jesus giving you a big hug. Imagine him close. You feel his breath, and you're reminded that you're not alone, that he is there, and he loves you. For others of us, We may be dealing with fear. Maybe we're just really afraid right now. There are so many terrifying realities all around us. The pandemic, uh, war, inflation, issues at work, health concerns, family problems, financial issues. I know we face so many things in our lives. And I want you to imagine Jesus grabbing your head in both of his hands, looking you in your eyes, telling you that you're going to be okay, that he has indeed conquered death and overcome the world. Imagine him telling you that this isn't the end. I hold eternity in my hands, and your future is secure in me. I invite you to open your eyes. You know, for me, this story, it's not really about Doubting Thomas. It's not so much about Thomas's doubts. But for me, it's really about Jesus' love and care and concern and compassion for his friends who were deeply struggling. He made an effort to show up for them, to enter into their place of fear and loneliness and anxiety and stress. And he showed up for them. He tended to their needs. He healed their trauma. And he cared for them. You know, as you go through your ups and downs of your week, as you face your really low lows, (laughs) I want you to place yourself back in this story and be reminded that Jesus runs after the broken ones, that he pursues those who are struggling, and that no locked door can keep him out. Friends, those same scared, discouraged, and just people full of fear, those men and women who were hiding out in that locked room, they eventually found the courage to unlock the door and enter into the dangerous world and spread the life and love of Jesus in their communities. And many of them refused to back down even as they faced persecution and violence and even death. And just as Jesus breathed that new life into his followers back then, Jesus has breathed life into each and every one of you The Holy Spirit lives within you. And because of that, you can do this. I'll close with these words from Jesus that he shared shortly before his death. He says, all this I've spoken to you while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.